All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest to another episode, another edition, if you will, of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. As uh, always, my co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada. We're having a few technical issues on the uh, audio side of things, but Stephen and I are here, so we're ready to talk some college hockey or some club hockey uh, at the ACHA level. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Back after a week a week off last week, had to take care of some family stuff, but everything's good now, and uh, you did a great job by yourself there <laughs> with the guests you had last week, but... It's good to be back with you here this week talking uh, what we love to do here, talking club hockey. Well, it's great to have you back. I don't know what happened to my audio, but all my audio files are messed up, so I'm trying to figure them out on the fly. But in the meantime, we've got more college hockey and more club hockey, more ACHA hockey, NCAA hockey. All of it is starting to kick into gear all at one time, kind of the way I anticipated. And now the only thing that can throw things really out of whack is covid spiking again and causing some problems but uh just your thoughts on what you've heard over the last couple of weeks with the you know air force came out with their schedule today and the acha part of things some of the teams have already played games they're talking about uh moving uh the or kind of rearranging i guess we'll get into that in just a minute uh, about the acha uh, national tournament so all kinds of fun stuff going on your thoughts yeah, it's a really busy time right now. As as you mentioned, a lot going on with the, with the college hockey realm and certainly at the NCAA level and certainly at the ACHA level, we're we're seeing that the season and our at least on our side, the our conference and well, a lot of the teams delayed, of course, but uh, there are some teams that are playing, and we'll get into that with with uh, some of the independent schools and some schools are moving forward with this with the schedule. So that's been interesting, and and yeah, we we have the news about the, what the the tournament's going to look like for twenty twenty one if everything works out. So yeah, some some news. Even though games we aren't having games to talk about really on a regular basis, there's still a lot of news going on. Yeah, without a doubt on that, and and the ACHA, you know, is taking the lead uh, pretty well as far as what's going on. And, and they came out early. They said, at least in a lot of places, we think. You know, January 1 is the best thing. If there's some places around the country that can get some games in early, no problem. Go ahead and do that. Um, but, you know, when you think of uh, of all the other uh, programs that are out there, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of unfair in a way that, that teams like Jamestown and, and other places, I know Adrian started up now, and then others like UNLV and everybody here in the uh, WCHL have to wait till January. But uh, I guess – they have they haven't figured out. I'm not sure. Yeah, and not only and not only wait, but not really being able to really do a whole lot. I'm sure. I know UNLV's case. They I think they they are doing some sort of practices or some sort of stuff, but they they're not as been able to do as much as they would like to even to prepare for the season here because there's still some restrictions in place on that. So um, you know, they're just kind of it's kind of a waiting game, and, and and you wonder when it comes time for January rolling around. You know who's going to be ready to play, and then you're right. You're going to have teams like a Jamestown or a Minot or whoever you know whoever's playing now. They're already been playing games, and they're going to get work in, and they'll be in mid-season form when we get to January and February. And you wonder what the balance is going to be like, and how that will will play out. But you know, I trust the ACHA will will figure something out. We know these are these are uh, unique times. 
and we're making they're trying to make the best of the situation and and trying to be able to get a season in because uh, we're seeing COVID numbers go up a little bit in a lot of states and and the, you know there's always been this talk of the second wave as we get to the fall and now we're getting into the flu season so you know there's been encouraged you know people get encouraged to get the flu shot and just doing what we can because we are not out of it despite what you might see on the TV or or from certain people. Uh, that might think it's over. We're not over this. So we, we've got to continue to be diligent so we can have a season coming up whenever that may be, hopefully January, and uh, we can have a tournament, which we're trying to talk about the restructuring of that in April. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you might have that in front of you since my uh, technology is limited at the moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've got my sound back, but I don't have anything in front of me. So before we go too much farther, I do want to say that in the uh, the little rush to get started here, I forgot to mention our presenting partner, as always, uh, Maryville University and the Maryville Saints hockey team. Uh, thrilled to have them on board as our presenting partner. Uh, the audio would have played had I been able to play it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it. I think I have it back now for other audio uh, for the rest of the show. That, so that's a that's good a, thing. But that's a great about. <laughs> I was I was going to say live television, but this isn't television. This is what's great about live uh, podcasts. I guess podcasting is sometimes things don't always go very smoothly. But we appreciate everyone uh, who tuning in, and we'll obviously listen to this later. Know that when we put these podcasts up live, it's or when we put these podcasts up later, it is just the rebroadcast of our live show. So there's not. There's not a lot of editing ability, so so people will understand that uh, when they listen well, to it later on. That that's our niche, Stephen. We're the we're the live podcast, right? We've right. got uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're now adding a Sunday show uh, that'll start in November, November first. Uh, it'll be called College Hockey Southwest Live, and that show will uh, basically cover our four NCAA teams as they. Uh, move their way through the season, which is really unusual. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, it almost need a roadmap to figure everything out about where everybody's going to be. So that's a completely another story. But if you happen to have the uh, ACHA press release or have it up in front of you uh, about the plans for the tournament, why don't you bring that to us? Sure. Yeah. So we've been talking, we've kind of been teasing it at the start of the show. The, the let's, let's first bring it back. And we, we know that the plan was to be in Boston, in, in the New England area, for 2021. Uh, they were going to do it there at the, at, at the New England Sports Center, um, where the Bruins practiced. And they had a, of a great facility, and, was, and it's, it's a great facility that was going to be able to hold all the teams, all the, all the divisions, and everybody in one spot. Well, as we know, we're in COVID times, and, and we don't know where things are going to be in April. We know that big, having big events like that might still be hard to do. So with that in mind, and, and we, we kind of hinted that stuff might change, and it has, the ACHA now halting pl altering plans for the uh, 2021 20, Nationals um, going on. So here's the gist of it. Um, let me first read this uh, quote by the ACHA Executive Director Craig Barnett. He says one of, and this is again about Boston, one of the biggest reasons Boston was selected, and in particular the New England Sports Center was chosen to host the ACHA National Championship Tournament, was to take advantage of what the facility offers. New England Sports Center would allow us not, to not only have all 72 teams representing our five divisions in one location, which I just mentioned, but under one roof. And we hoped and still hope that this format will generate a tremendous atmosphere with a lot of hockey and camaraderie happening at the same time and provide a true festival-type atmosphere for our ACHA student athletes, teams, and fans. However, due to the pandemic, 
We still have a lot of unknowns for the spring, particularly with regard to indoor facility restrictions on both competition, number of fans permitted to attend, social distancing, and of course, 72 teams and fans in one facility, along with other public health and safety guidelines that would take away from the experience we want to achieve. So thus postponing Boston until 2023 after St. Louis in 2022 seems like the logical way to proceed. So that's the news there. So Boston now, they're going to get the ACHA tournament in 2023. St. Louis is, is still scheduled for 2022. So where does that leave 2021? Well, the ACHA authorized each of the five ACHA divisions to conduct their own separate modified national championship tournament in April 2021. The ACHA buy in through the five divisional commissioners, so Division One, Division Two down lower, uh, working with the respective membership and committees, uh, is currently in the process of finalizing necessary se season modifications for each division in response to the pandemic. Now we've talked about that in, uh, for the WCHA, what they're planning on doing, and, and we'll get to that. But um, these season modifications include, but are not limited to, determining the number of games to be played this season in order to qualify for the nationals, determining how divisions will rank teams this season in light of restricted travel, reduced amount of non-conference games, uh, determining how each division handles auto bids to nationals, determining the form and structure of regional play in tournaments per division. Uh, once these season modifications have been finalized and approved, then the ACHA will announce an uh, announcement detailing the modifications. So here's one, and I'll finish this press release with one final quote by Burnett. He says, we are currently working with our divisional commissioners to identify possible locations for each division to host their own respective national championship tournaments during April 15th through the 20th, 2021. Having separate modified divisional championships will put us in line with other sport associations that are reducing the number of teams competing at one location and within more central locations relative to their membership. We hope to have these details finalized in each division in the coming weeks. Okay, and that uh, that was a mouthful. Uh, as we digest <laughs> that, um, you know, right off the get-go, Stephen, I know that, that New England and Dallas, Alaska and the Metroplex, um, were, were selected because of their ability to house everybody in one area, right, uh, and house them and, and play their games and all that. Uh, so that kind of tells you what's going on. But with the pandemic, that really is counterintuitive to what you want to do because you, the last thing you want to do right now is put 72 teams or whatever in a national tournament all in one location because that goes against everything we've heard about how to prevent the spread of COVID. So I think they made the right move. I think that they can do it safely uh, by breaking up the uh, the national tournaments into five different locations. I know that's not their ideal thing, so stop the hate mail at me. Um, <laughs> but I think it is the, uh, the right thing to do because uh, what you're essentially doing then is, is spreading out your hockey teams and not putting them in all one spot. And for this particular season, I think it's a must. And all you have to do is look at the other athletic teams, the other sports, I mean, look at uh, what baseball has done. Uh, look what football has done in the, at the professional level. Look what hockey did um, and what hockey's talking about right now, So in the NHL at least. And then you look at the NCAA stuff, Stephen, and, and things that are happening here. Like we've got uh, just all kinds of stuff. Like ASU is going to be adopted by the uh, Big Ten for this year, so they're going to play all of their games on the road I, at Big Ten sites. 
And I heard the, I heard your interview with uh, with Craig Powers last week. They're going to rack up a lot of Marriott points uh, this season <laughs> right. because of yeah. all the road trips they're going to be taking. Uh, uh, exactly. And, but, and, but 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 it, but it can work for them because, as he said, they're going to do a lot of their schooling online, so they can they can afford to maybe be away from the classroom because they're not in the classroom. They're doing everything online, so if they have to be out east for a few days, extra days, and stay in the hotel and do their schoolwork, it works for this particular season. So. Unfortunately, you know, and, and and if they were at home games, more than likely no fans. So, right. you know, what's yes, that's the big thing. Uh, right. And and like I said, that when Coach Powers broke it down to us, and I don't want to get too far off on a tangent on NCAA, yeah. but he basically said that uh, it when he looked at it, he said, "I look at everything as a glass half full, right?" And he said, "Now it's seven trips instead of fourteen. Uh, we're going to go on the road. We're going to play a traditional Friday Saturday." Then we're going to travel to whatever the travel partner is. Uh, say Minnesota, you start there, then you drive over to Madison, Wisconsin to uh, to play there. But you do it on a Wednesday and a Thursday so that your guys can get back home on Friday, and then they get a week off. Uh, so if the way it's built into the system, at least I believe that's the way they're doing it. I haven't seen a schedule. Nobody has yet. Um, but I believe that's what they're trying to do. So uh, now let's get back to the ACHA level and talk about that. We already talked about teams that are already playing games. Uh, we know that, that guys are trying to get ice time for their players wherever they can. Uh, UNLV, Grand Canyon, uh, they can't have organized stuff, a lot of the stuff, but they can have, you know, have their guys go out and play. And you know, ASU did probably the smartest thing. They, uh, mm -hmm. they had their arena form uh, the uh, Collegiate Elite Hockey League, uh, the mm -hmm. CHEL, if you will, or the Collegiate, yeah, yeah C-H-E-L. Anyway, um, the Collegiate Hockey Elite League. Hey, that's how it spells up. Um, so what they've been doing is having their guys competing um, on the weekends uh, you know, with, with bought ice time. They, the guys all chipped in and bought their ice time, and they've been competing like it's, like it's hockey season, even though it's against their teammates, and you're really finding out what they have. So congratulations to ASU and Oceanside for putting that together. I know uh, Coach Greener has done what he can do up in, in – uh, Las Vegas with uh, the restrictions at UNLV. And if you've been on social media, you've seen that Coach Berman has had his team uh, doing outdoor activities, uh, trying to get in shape and, and prepared for the upcoming season. So um, you do what you got to do in a time like this, right? Yes, yes. You've you got to do what you got to do, and you got to make, make it work um, instead of just sitting around and just, you know, and it's creativity is what it comes to mind. I guess when we think about it, you got to be very creative. And I think we've talked about this before. I think that's one thing that's going to be an interesting uh, storyline and aspect to this unique season is uh, which team is going to give an edge. Uh, you know, everybody's going to be on the same boat per se when it comes to starting the season uh, late or delayed into January, but how, and not everybody's going to be even in, in regards to what they can do based on restrictions in their state and in the school and the university. Um, so that puts some teams maybe at different advantages, but that's where the creativity comes in. How do you, how do you get around that? How do you do things safely? How do you do within the limits of what you can do? How do you prepare your players for the season? And, and whoever, you know, how do you balance if, if there's a, if there's COVID running through your, through your team and, and how do you, you know, how you, going to balance all that. So there's a lot of layers to this uh, season that is going to be really uh, another aspect for the coaches and those that run the teams, 
how to balance that. And whoever I think can get better at that, I guess, might have an advantage uh, of this season. So it will be uh, it will be interesting to see how that that plays out. But uh, hopefully everything uh, works out. But yeah, ha- having to navigate through all those different uh, avenues uh, is certainly going to be uh, something that each team is going to have to to tackle. And and who I say whoever maybe can be better at doing that will have the the upper hand. Well. And there again, I go back and give props to uh, especially the WCHL and for them deciding to start in January because what's happening right now, we're seeing this, like you said, COVID is starting to spread through some of the teams. But here's the beauty of it, Stephen. It's only October right now, right? Yeah. So we can have October, November, December, and you hope that, you know, if anybody, God forbid, gets COVID, they're able to recover fully and and maybe by the time you hit January, maybe all the teams have have gone through it. Maybe maybe their guys have already got it and uh, have passed it, you know, passed on and maybe built up a little immunity. We still don't know if that's a fact or not, but uh, you know, and, we would hope that. And, and we got to see what we're, we're progress of a, va- of a possible vaccine, where where things are there, and, and yeah, if if teams are having their little, if there's situations in the t- in any of the teams where some players have gotten it. Then at least now you you get it, and then you know by January, you know hopefully you can play, you know, and not have those disruptions that you obviously might have had now if uh, if if it's persisted. So um, we'll we'll see uh, what happens. Okay, when you talk about creativity, I want to bring up the fact that uh, Arizona State women, as we've had on the show in the past, uh, Lindsay Ellis and, and and talked about her program. What she's doing now is they, they have an early morning time slot. So they, uh, they've been uh, having their games kind of broadcast on their, on their Internet using their uh, ASU media people, uh, Cronkite students, if you will, to, uh, to kind of keep family and friends and, and informed as what's going on with their team as they practice or, or go through uh, scrimmages and things like that. So that's another unique way of dealing with this. Um, and then, and then you talk about, uh, like I said, the teams that are, are actually playing right now and, um, you know, what's going to happen in their States. I mean, everywhere you look on a map right now, you see that the cases are rising everywhere. And especially they're talking about the experts I'm talking about now are talking about the fact that it'll be the Northern States that will, should be hit the hardest because of the indoors and the cold weather and change in seasons and things like that. So is that going to come back to uh, to bite teams in the north? Well, that just remains to be seen. You know, those it, it uh, you're right. The colder weather, the snowy weather. I just saw uh, Minnesota. You know, I know you love talking about Minnesota. They're already dealing with the snow, and and you know, they're <laughs> they're already having to bunker hunker down at home, and uh, and you just you know as it gets colder now, and and you wonder what the yeah, what the spikes are going to be. Um, some places, I think, have done a good job, a better job of keeping the virus contained, so it hasn't been as much of an issue as, you know, it's like Jamestown and, and, and Minot State, they play in North Dakota, and I don't believe COVID really has really been a problem there, so they haven't been as... Not uh, until lately. Well, <laughs> the numbers The numbers yeah. are spiking right now, and that's what I'm getting at, is right. if, but if they play some games now... And then they suffer the COVID hit that we've all suffered really bad for the last five or six months. Um, if they get that 
in, say, start of November, December? How does that leave them for January? So, I mean, there's just so many things to talk about. I mean, we could wear ourselves out uh, just going through that. But let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk a little bit about what's been happening around the WCHL, the teams that we cover out here in the Southwest, in about three minutes or so, okay? I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. I have a car whose lease is up soon. And I'll... All right, we're back. Still having some technical difficulties, guys. I'm, uh, I apologize for that. I'm uh, trying to work through them here. Yes. I think I've got one more uh, partner lined up, so let's give that one a shot and see how that works for us. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh joining us from his beautiful palatial estate up there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how's the weather been up there? Well, it's still it's still pretty warm for, for October. We, we've been in the 90s, although now it's starting to get a little bit uh, cooler, if you, if you will. And, and certainly the temperature is going to drop uh, over the next several days. Uh, tomorrow, though, 90 degrees in Vegas. And then by, by Monday, though, a high of 55. So it's really going to drop. And that's always typical this time of year. It seems like, although this is a really late uh, October where the weather is still pretty warm. I mean, 90s is very unusual for October. But uh, it seems like this time of year, and it's always the case, the same thing in the spring, We'll get, we'll stay kind of warm, and then we'll make this big drop, and we'll get all of a sudden it get really cold, shock the system, and then you just kind of all of a sudden it's almost starting to feel like winter. You almost skip fall, and the same with in the in the spring, it's like you almost skip spring. You stay kind of cooler, and then you maybe have a few weeks where it's spring like, and then all of a sudden the, it seems like the temperature jumps up to what would be summer in a lot of places, still mild compared to what our summers are like, but still pretty warm. So, uh, but that's just how it is uh, in Las Vegas, but. At some point, it's going to get cooler. I'll be able – we'll have to break out the jackets, and uh, and then it'll feel like hockey weather, even though hockey is still a little ways away. 
at least for the club side, the NHL side, although the NCAA side will be starting up in the next month. Yeah, and here's the beauty of it. I, I keep seeing stuff from Vegas. Like today I saw stuff on social media about how they're looking for in-arena talent for the Henderson Silver Knights, which when I hear that, that's a lot of optimism, I think, on my part too because I'm going like, oh, well, maybe we are going to see some hockey coming up in January uh, at the NHL and AHL level, and that's exciting. Uh, we know the new Lifeguard Arena is going to open up this month uh, with a, a dedication, and I've already been told that, they're basically sold out ice time. They, they have everything booked up for the next year or so. So uh, that that's good to hear for uh, the growth of the game. And, you know, I, I said we're going to break it down by team a little bit here. What I'll do first, Stephen, is I'll start up and talk just a little bit about our uh, our two women's teams uh, down here. Um, there, there's not much action because Grand Canyon is kind of tied up in the fact that they can't do anything uh, per their, their university rules. So, Grand Canyon, I know they have a very strong team, but we don't really know anything about them. Uh, I'd invited Natalie Rossi on tonight, and she wasn't able to come on tonight with us, but um, we need to find out a little bit more about what her program is like because I've heard nothing but good things about the talent she has there. So Grand Canyon should be geared up. Uh, Lindsay Ellis over at ASU, and we know what she's brought in. She's told us uh, a couple of times we've had her on. She's excited about the group that she's got and the way they can go. And then, of course, the University of Utah – uh, came on as a program last year, and and they're building uh, a strong program as well. So I, I think the the women's side of it very very solid, and uh, I think we just you know have to wait for the pandemic to slow down or pass or do something so we can find out more about them. Right. I mean, there's still there's still a lot to be uh, determined there, but um, and we just we just don't know how the season's going to play out, but. Uh, it sounds, you know, it sounds like those teams are are well on their way to being in a in a good good position, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to get them on and get more. I mean, we've had we've had the Lindsay Ellis on before, and and it's talked about her program a little bit, but uh, but yeah. It's, the other but, thing I want to throw out about the about the women's program, Stephen, is they're they're opening up that new rink that we talked to Eddie Hill on uh, a while back now, when they were in the process of building it, and getting it ready. Uh, they put ice in now. So uh, I think this week, maybe this weekend, they'll be uh, they'll be playing playing games and practices over at the new uh, rink in, in Mesa. So I'm excited to get over there and see that, and and that's a huge deal. Last weekend was USA Hockey support uh, women hockey, uh, girls hockey, and that was a fantastic uh, you know growth level is what we're looking at. It just continues to grow. The numbers get bigger and bigger at all levels. So we'll look forward to that. Let's start breaking down a little bit of our uh, Western uh, Collegiate Hockey League. I'll let you start off with uh, your hometown team, the uh, UNLV Rebels, and just just give us a quick recap, if you can, about where they stand right now in the pandemic. Well, uh, as we we know, UNLV is getting ready to, to start in January now. UNLV, of course, had a pretty up and down season last season they started off pretty good and then they got into a little bit of a a tough stretch especially when they had to go out on the road and had some tough tough games against some of the teams that they are now in the conference with like Arizona they also might not say who they struggled against and then you know they they come back home and tough cup game tough games against Stony Brook to end the first half so they, they go into the break having lost nine in a row. Then they get to start the second half, so, so quote-unquote second half of the season, at least after the semester break. And they got to play at the Orleans Arena for the first time. And 
against uh, Jamestown, and that was great. It was pretty good good crowd for for them to be able to play in there the first night they did that and beat them one nothing. Of course, the story then became the goaltender they picked up uh, right. during the the, the transfer uh, from from Jamestown. Uh, David Anderson, who then in his first start against his former team, shut him out one nothing. So that and that of course became this kind of the turning point of the season uh, when the, the goaltending situation. At least they had him, and then and then they had a great a pretty busy stretch after that. After they split those games with Jamestown, and then had a really strong performance against Minot State to end that five game and eight day stretch. And then the, and after that, they really just seemed to start taking off. They had a really strong weekend against. Arizona State, they had split it with Arizona the week before. And, uh, of course, was able to get into the tournament, had there been the tournament, and they would have faced ASU. But obviously we know that happened. What we know, of course, we know that the captain was named for UNLV for this upcoming season is Kurt Underwood, which we, we had him on a few weeks ago, along with Eric Williams, one of the assistant captains. And uh, this team has got great leaders. They've talked about how everybody – can be a leader, but they, they know the role that they, they play. And, and, you know, UNLV seems ready. Of course, we know we've talked about how much recruiting they've done, even during the pandemic, go, getting a lot of strong, strong talent. And people can go back and look at the, the list there. It's, it's a long list. And, and it'll be interesting because with, 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 the, with the pandemic and everything and, and how rosters are going to look for, for next season. But, um, it gives them maybe extra time to to prepare these players if they're able to to even uh, practice, which looks like they might be able to do some, but it's it's hard to say. But um, I, I think you know he's got a great great roster, and and I think they're excited for for this season. And I think it was a bummer that it had to be delayed because I, I think they were really looking forward to this season. I know this, this certainly the seniors that were, are you know certainly the seniors going into the season um, were really looking forward to, to playing. And they'll be excited to play in, in January. Um, so it, UNLV, and of course, every team had its, its bummer moments, but, you know, from, from the tournament being canceled because they were really optimistic that they could really make some noise there to now the delay of this season being to January and then, you know, how much ice time they are able to get right now. So it, it's, it's certainly, I'm sure there's some frustration there, but they, they know how important it is too that they get the season in. And, and I think when it does, it's going to be fun to watch uh, UNLV hockey in Vegas this upcoming January, hopefully. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, and one of the things, not really UNLV directly related, but uh, last week it was announced that uh, Las Vegas would host the 2026 Frozen Four. Yeah. So uh, that, that being an NCAA event, but does not hurt to get that kind of attention uh, when you're talking college hockey at any level, well, that okay. that'll sort of, that yeah, that'll sort of, I'm gonna make comment on that real quick. Yeah, that'll certainly gonna be a great, a great event. Uh, the fact that you know Vegas has had this uh, stigma for for years, and we know it with with the, with the sports betting, and really that has been the 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 reason why it took a very long time until just a few years ago to get a professional team here and to have, especially with college. Uh, uh, big events like NCA events like uh, like basketball with the NCA March Madness and then you know other NCA uh, championship events. Well, as we know now, uh, sports betting has has evolved and it's become really a, a, a nationwide thing, accepted thing. And and obviously we've seen partnerships form with the pro leagues and and 
obviously the college athletics it's, that's not a hurdle anymore as we know that the, the, the basketball they're going to get a regional final and I was actually reading some things that's pretty unusual usually when a city is gets granted a, a bas- uh, NCAA event or particularly basketball they usually get like a first round first like the first you know when it's a round of 64 those you know those first round weekend games before they and then they see okay if that worked then maybe at some point we can grant them a a regional final which like what would be like at the elite eight kind of level elite eight and 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 sweet 16 before you get to the actual final four and and so that that shows that the ncaa is already believes that it and they trust in vegas that it's going to be great and we know it will be and that and that's 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 a big step because as i said a few years ago ncaa wouldn't even think of bringing stuff here to vegas because of the stigma with the gambling and, yeah. the, and the athletics that, that's and a so, fact so that's that's a big step and it all and it will probably lead eventually to a, a final four at allegiant stadium i'm sure now that's basketball now for hockey yes the frozen yeah. four that's that's huge too because um you, you get a frozen four and, and we've seen how successful the vegas with the golden knights especially they, the, the last couple of seasons we've had uh, college hockey tournaments here and it's been it's been successful, and so um, it's going to be exciting to see in 2026. Now that's six years away. So where will things stand six years from now with uh, with with the with the outlook of hockey? I mean, you got ASU right now is is the NCAA team out this way, but what six years? Who's to say how far along UNLV is on their prognosis to getting the NCAA? What about other teams? Are there going to be more teams out west? And certainly by that time, it will be real interesting to see where things are. And, and how much accelerated, if it in fact it does, from that point on. So that that is an, that is an important thing. Six years is still a long ways, but it's going to be sooner than we know. And it'll be real interesting to see where where things are hockey wise by that time. I and mean, we've seen what the last few years have provided for the NHL and and for college hockey and and certainly club hockey. But put all that now six years in a time machine, and it'll be real interesting to see where things are when that. Frozen Four is is here, and hopefully we will have another virus come through and stop everything. And it's all yeah, positive. We don't need that. We no. don't need that. But that is the hundred million dollar question that that everybody wants to know is. Uh, and we know one thing right now: the whole school is going to be the University of North Dakota, which is unusual if you look at it from the big picture. But when you they had a very tie, they had a ver- they had a very successful uh, game here a few years ago that they played in at the Orleans yes. and. And so they they are familiar with Vegas and and so they and their benefactor and their benefactor from from Las Vegas. That's right. where the University of North Dakota evolved in ice in ice hockey is from Ralph Engelstead, who uh, owned the Imperial Palace and a number of different things. But um, so yeah, that's exciting news for Vegas. I'll jump in now and, and tell you a little bit about the uh, the University of Arizona and Coach Chad Berman's team uh, last year. Uh, they were poised. Uh, they won the Cactus Cup. They won their Western Collegiate uh, Hockey League Championship again. They were poised to do what many thought would be a, a real serious run in a national championship. We know that didn't happen. Uh, Coach Berman not only recruited recruited very well through the uh, the pandemic, but he also got some guys to come back. He's got uh, his captains back in Bailey Marshall and in uh, Anthony Cusinelli. He's got his goaltender back. He's got a couple of good backup goaltenders. He added some quality defensemen and some quality forwards. So the University of Arizona is poised again, I think, to make a run uh, at a national tournament. And 
you know, we've talked and we've teased a little bit about what might be the conference tournament format. And if it's a one and done, then anything could happen, obviously. Or if there's auto bids, who's going to get an auto bid? Will there be an auto bid from every ACHA D1 conference and then a tournament winner? How will they do it? We don't know. So, uh, but I think uh, the University of Arizona and Coach Chad Berman will be uh, fired up, to say the least, to, to finally get some game action rolling and, and see what he's got on the ice. So I look forward to seeing that with UNLV. I'll let you jump on Utah. We had the uh, Utah president and GM of their program on a little while ago, but what do you think from Utah from what you've seen from, from a distance? Yeah, and, and before I do that, we should I'll make a plug here. If people haven't – we, we people haven't listened to those episodes. They are available in the archives. We, as you said, we had UNLV uh, players on. We had Kirk Underwood and uh, Eric Williams on a few weeks ago. We had a couple of the uh, Arizona cap, uh, captains as well with 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 Cusinelli and, and Bailey Marshall. You mentioned uh, that's available. Great conversation there. We had the president, or I guess maybe it's just the GM. I don't know what the official titles. The GM of Utah Hockey, AJ Bolden, on. Uh, the day before October 1st, uh, we, we, of course, talked a little bit about that, but we talked about his team makeup, and, and uh, so people can go back and listen to that and, and hear that. So I just wanted to mention that. But as for Utah, one thing that he did mention was they were going to be getting a coach, and they were going to announce that soon after, uh, you know, right after we, we had him on our show, and that took place. And so I want to mention that. Uh, that came down uh, earlier this month on October 5th is when the press release came out for uh, Utah hockey new coach and his name is morgan feeney um not to be confused with the uh with mr feeney from uh the old boy meets world episodes <laughs> but <laughs> oh, <laughs> morgan feeney is spelled <laughs> well morgan feeney spelled f-e-e-n-i-e not f-e-e-n-y like the mr feeney from uh, boy meets world anyways uh, anyway so that's uh but uh so he's anyways he's a he's a he's a native of grand rapids michigan uh, he's played hockey since age four. Uh, he's been with the Grand Rapids Griffins youth program. Uh, he went to Michigan State. Uh, he's been he's been involved. In fact, uh, um, in fact, here's uh, what the captain of the Utah Hockey. He said, uh, Alex King. He says, on behalf of all our players, I'm excited to welcome Coach Feeney to the hockey Utah Hockey family. He comes highly recommended to us, and can't wait to get back on the ice for the upcoming season. He has tremendous vision for the program, and I'm very excited to be. A part of it um, now in his first this is from the, the press release here it says in his first year as head coach Feeney hopes to provide guidance and structure the team uh, will need to succeed and it will be great to establish a long tradition of success at the year and, and Utah has, has struggled a little bit in the last uh, a few years but they're moving into the con they've moved into the conference as well as UNLV and Grand Canyon and they they know it's it's tough, but Utah has a couple of advantages in their in which we talked about on, on when we had Bolden on, uh, where they play in Salt Lake. There's a little bit of an elevation up there, so there's that advantage, and they play in the Olympic sized ice there in their facility there at the Salt Lake uh, Sports Complex. So that gives them more space to work with when they're playing, and then it also gives them a, an advantage when maybe they come and play other NHL sized rinks because they're they've been able to play with. Big ice, they can certainly play with smaller ice. So, and it, it's the other teams where they're not used to playing on the bigger sheets, and they play just NHL sides. And then all of a sudden, now they got more space to work with. So, uh, it can go both ways. But uh, so they have that going for them. And then the assistant coach, and it must be related 
to Mr. Feeney is uh, Rob Feeney. Um, and maybe not, I don't know. But uh, he, Rob Feeney, the next assistant coach for the Skate Mute. So they got their new coach. They got their new uh, assistant coach. And they got a new league, <laughs> a new league, and they're so, ready to roll. So they're ready. You know what, Steve? When I look at the at the WCHL, and I brought this up in the past, is that you have some real powerhouse teams like we've talked about already, and then you have some teams that are up and coming. And I think Coach Berman always likes to tell me this every time I talk to him: is the more the merrier, right? The uh, how, how does the saying go? The high tide rises all ships. So he wants more competition anywhere he can get in. I think Utah is going to be a formidable opponent for everybody in the WCHL this year. Um, that being said, let me jump back to Arizona and the Arizona State Sun Devils under Coach Tate Green. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they've been doing some some things, uh, not team organized, but uh, the, the uh, arena, Oceanside Ice Arena, had a time slot obviously available with – with the things going on with COVID. So they were able to get some some players and uh, their D2 and their D1 teams to uh, break into separate groups. I think it's uh, four teams in each maybe, and they're getting a chance to play some some games against each other and find out what they have. And it's been really exciting. If you've been to our website, uh, our great photographer and vice president, Zach Bondurant, has been out grabbing some really good photos when he could get in there. I know they shut it down for a couple of weeks for fans with uh, the COVID uh, spikes again, but um, they put it all together. And, and, and Coach Green uh, had a team that was coming on at the end. I know they had a problem when they went up to Vegas and got thumped a little bit, but they were going to get into the tournament last year as well. They were going to compete, and uh, they've only gotten better. They've added more talent. They have speed. They have size. They have goaltending. They have uh, goal scorers, which is extremely important. And, uh, you know, for Arizona State, um, there'll be very few games where they're going to score less than four goals in a game. So if you're going to compete with them, you're going to have to score um, and, and outscore them. And they got a pretty solid guy in net too, coming back again, Bronson Moore, who oh. who's been who's been a rock for them. Even even the season before last, where they where they struggled to put together a lot of wins, he kept them in a lot of games. Um, I just remember from what I saw, and, and certainly last season. He was really strong for them as well as they, of course, made almost like a complete 180 from the season before. And uh, certainly expect him and, and certainly a, uh, an even more of an improvement from, from ASU this upcoming uh, season. And so that'll be a, another thing will be great to follow uh, when the season does begin. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have two more schools in the north and one in the south to, to, to get to. And I know uh, neither one of us have seen a lot of Colorado State, adding them to our coverage area and the University of Colorado. I don't know if you've been able to do any research on it at all, but if you have, give us a little rundown about those two schools as we welcome them into our coverage area here at Ice Time Hockey Southwest. Sure. Well, the only thing I really know about, about Colorado is, is last year uh, they had a pretty rough year for them. I think they only managed to get a couple of wins. Um, I think there was an, it was a new coach or just a new, I uh, think probably transition, maybe a, a rebuilding, so to speak. Um, don't have a lot of information on them right now. In fact, I, I was trying to look up statistics, and, and people will have to, to forgive us because uh, it's tough to get uh, statistics on, on, on ACHA programs. There's a couple of things you can do. One of the sites is the ACHA website. What's that? 
I said, Stephen, there's a pandemic going on too. And I don't think ACH hockey is probably high on a lot of places list, but I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Well, right. And, and the website, they just, they made this big change to their, their website and who they use for their website. And so the, the, the statistics from previous seasons haven't been trans, transformed over yet. And, and I'm sure they're working on that, but um, that makes it difficult to find, find past season numbers and stuff. There's other uh, sites and stuff that you can look at, but um, so we'll, we'll work on that. And hopefully at some point those, those will be available, but um, yeah, Colorado, the, the one thing I think is going to be an issue for them, which I think has been addressed before is, um, and, and they actually have a really good setup where they play. Typically they play, and I've been there. I went there not last season, the season before when UNLV traveled to, to Colorado for that road trip I was with them. And and they have a really nice setup there. Uh, they play at the rec center there, right there on campus at the University of Colorado or Colorado University in Boulder. And they have the ice surface in there. Now, from what I understand and I think what we, we've, we've heard, that's going to – I don't believe they're going to put that in there this, this year, probably because of COVID and everything. So Colorado, I believe, is having to find – place to play their games for this upcoming season when that may begin. So we'll have to see how that works out. So, but typically you know, when they and have- here's, here's the thing you, you brought that up and I just wanted to throw that out last night. We had Jess Myers on from the rink live in Minnesota. And he was telling us that it's the same kind of scenario for NCAA. Like uh, he, he referenced um, Ohio state and Wisconsin that both share hockey facilities with their basketball team. And there's talk that being there won't be fans allowed, that maybe they won't incur the expense of putting ice in. Uh, the big building, they'll, they'll play at the women's facilities, which are much smaller. But if there's no fans anyway or limited fans, uh, what's the big deal, right? It's, it's really um, a cost-effective way of doing it if, if you have situations like that. And he brought up Wisconsin and uh, Ohio State sharing basketball facilities with their hockey team. So in Colorado could very well be the case is that it becomes a a cost thing. If they don't feel like it's going to be cost effective, they probably will look for another place to play. So we will keep our eye on that and see what happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with COVID and cost measures, you know, having people not get too close together, just reducing the amount of people that are together and, and unnecessary stuff. If they feel like that's not a necessary expense, then they won't they won't do that. So that that's uh, something that is certainly going to affect some of these teams that that rely on on that for their games. And so we'll have to see how that plays out. The other team in Colorado, of course, is Colorado State. Uh, they play at, at Fort Collins. Um, been there too. It's it's not a bad little place. It's it's not as nice as Colorado, but it's it's nice. It's it's a t- it's really a Tough place, you know. I know UNLV goes there, and it's always a close game. It's they're a little bit of a of a greedy team, and you know they they didn't have the best of season last year either. But I, I certainly think that they are uh, maybe better than what they show, or they, they certainly fight hard and, and are certainly in a lot of games. and And I would expect no less from them next season. I don't have too much information on them otherwise, just just what I've observed when they played UNLV, and and uh, it's it's always a it's a tough matchup. UNLV usually can come out with the win, but, you know, I think it was last season or the season before um, they split the games in Vegas, actually. I think they, and then they won the game in Colorado and at Fort Collins. So um, it's, it's not an easy matchup just the way they, they play. And, and so uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that 
works out with, with them too. So we're excited to have them in our coverage area. It's nice that we have more more teams that we can can discuss and focus on. And as I'm sure, you know, being there where Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. And, and I promise you we'll have uh, somebody on from their programs as the uh, season gets a little bit closer for us. Let's take another quick break. And let's come back and wrap it up with uh, Grand Canyon and uh, we'll just wrap up the show as well at the same time. So we'll be back in about three minutes, assuming that I can run my uh, <laughs> my audio portion. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Another edition, another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Just about ready to wrap up. We uh, we left the conversation just before uh, we took a quick break, Stephen, with uh, the Grand Canyon Lopes. And and this, uh, I think, is going to be the sleeper team, right? We know that they're in the building process. They moved from, from D1 or from D2 to D1 last year. They took their lumps. 
They played a lot of close games, a lot of overtime games, and Coach Danny Roy has them on the rise. I think, um, you know, I, I asked him to come on tonight, and he said he loved you, but he had another meeting, and he said COVID and the pandemic has has just added tons of work to his schedule and meetings and things that they have to do to try to fulfill protocol for not only the university, but for the Western Collegiate Hockey League and the ACHA. So hopefully we'll get Coach on uh, very soon. But uh, I know that he's brought in a lot of talent. I know he was a little worried that maybe some of the guys would choose not to uh, not to come down for a semester because they weren't going to get any uh, game action. But I, as far as I know, uh, their talent is there. They've got another uh, good core of, uh, of incoming guys, and that's going to join up with a group of guys that I think the, those close games they played last year really gave them the feel for what it takes and what they have to do night in and night out to win in the WCHL. And so don't be surprised if the Grand Canyon Lopes become uh, one of the surprise teams in the conference this year. And, you know, I just can't wait for the games to start because it's, every weekend I think it's just going to be so much fun and so competitive as we've talked about since March. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, when I, I look back at – I look back at uh, plus they got a new locker room first of all, so that that's certainly going to be nice that they they have a new locker room that of course Coach Roy was <laughs> was big was put his own efforts into to getting done so, along with some of the other players that helped him so that was great. Uh, but I look back at when we had when COVID originally started to to now or even during the summer when all the leagues got shut down and we didn't have any sports going on for a while and we didn't know what to do with our time. And then as things kind of got a little bit better, the situations and plans were made to, to resume sports uh, in the, in the summer with the pro leagues, with the, with the bubbles, with the playoffs and stuff. And then with the other, with football starting up and then what we're seeing now, with then it seemed like everything that was, you know, everything got pushed back. So then everything had to take place. We had a ton of sports going on uh, in, in, late summer now into if you get towards fall and so there's so much going on i think we're seeing that now as everything with with the acha and with 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 hockey getting getting pushed back but when we get to january and if everything stays on track for that and then the nca season which is going to start in november when we get actually do get to playing games i envision it's going to be we're going there's going to be so many things going on right now we don't have a whole lot going on with games but when we do, because everything's had to be kind of pushed and condensed when it does start, there is going to be so much going on. It's going to be hard to keep keep up with it all. So that's the exciting part to look forward to is that there's going to be there's, there's going to come a point if everything is, stays on track and, and we can safely resume these or safely start these seasons in the, in January. It's going to be all ways go and and it's going to be. A lot going on uh, between the start of the the NHL season, uh, the American Hockey League season, the the ACHA uh, seasons. For those that are going to start in January, the NCAA will be in full throttle, and certainly the other non hockey leagues with colleges and will be will be going on as well. So it's going to be so much action going on, and so we look yeah, forward to that. I, I totally agree with you, and I think right now it's a uh... It's kind of nice to have this break. Uh, I know we're all getting itchy after the NHL season ended, but like you say, it's going to start coming back. NCAA is going to be first, and then, then we're going to hear about the NHL and the AHL 
uh, starting their camps up. And then, of course, the uh, ACHA is going to jump in there. So January, February, March, April, May, June. It's going to be uh, crazy hockey uh, as far as our schedule. We're going to be all over the place. But um, the nice part about that is we'll get it back, and we hope that uh, COVID is under control so we can we can do it safely. Uh, I want to take one more quick break and, uh, and hear from our uh, presenting partner, Maryville University, and then we'll come back and wrap things up. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, Wednesday night. I'm all confused on my days, apparently, as well as trying to run my board. <laughs> but, but we're here, Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Stephen Marsh, as always, from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Stephen, we'll kind of wrap things up tonight. I, I do want to say that uh, I believe we have Chris Perry, the commissioner again of the WCHL, coming in uh, next week. I reached out to Chris today and asked him, uh, if you would have time to come on tonight, he was tied up tonight, but uh, he does want to come on next week. So that'll be exciting because he'll have insight as always as to, you know, how things are going and what direction they're headed. And who knows, he'll probably have some breaking news for us as far as the ACHA National Tournament too by by this time next week. And, we should, got, and we should yeah. mention that the, uh, we should mention that he does a podcast, the WCHL oh, Conference. he does, yes. They do a, a podcast. I think they had their first episode come out uh, a few weeks ago, and they talked a lot about how the season was, was going to look out. So um, obviously listen to this podcast that we do and all of our podcasts. But if you, if you wanted some, another podcast to listen to, uh, certainly their podcast uh, is one to listen to because it gives you the insight of the ACHA and particularly the WCHL. And, and so that's great. It would be nice to have him on again. He's always a great guest for, for us. So look forward to, to hopefully having him on next Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like I said, from there, we'll, we'll just start to build things up to a big crescendo when we hit uh, the 1st of uh, January 2021, when we hope to have a, a firm schedule and games lined up and getting ready for game action. So, we want to uh, thank everybody for uh, for tuning in as always. We love having you on live. We also want you to know that you can download our podcast anywhere. And Stephen, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Voted the Best Ford Dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is the presenting partners of the Sunday specials. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you to see the top-selling line of four trucks and more. Uh, cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance to CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. 
T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. See Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Now you can bring the best of Las Vegas home. Stop by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located minutes from T-Mobile Arena and New Allegiant Stadium, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and pick up a bottle or three of our championship barbecue sauce home. By Summer Skates, your team can design its own logo and show it off with pride. On our koozies and shower shoes, team discounts are available. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask, for all of your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe, by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, learn to play. Hockey sessions are back. For kids and for kids at heart. See OceansideIceArena.net for more details. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Score a Roger Klein hat trick. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try each of the, our three styles of the best tasting tequila. By OxyPal. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal.com. By MDrive. Go to MDriveForMen.com. Try our new Relax Supplement for better sleep. M Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. It's also available on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. And going back to the Sunday special, there's a new one up, I believe, on the website now on YouTube. Isn't that right, Scott? That is a fact. I spent a couple of days up in Prescott, Arizona, in the cool pines, if you will, of Prescott, Arizona, and uh, did a little story on roller hockey and the uh, F2 Premier hockey camp that uh, Catfish Atelier puts on up there. I also know that Prescott Valley is getting their ice put in as we speak in the beautiful Finley Toyota Center in Prescott Valley. So uh, hopefully there'll be some hockey going on up there. They don't have their uh, minor league NBA team anymore. So uh, a lot more time to, uh, to get ice and book ice. And if you've never been there, you need to because it is a fantastic facility. So that's my plug for that. Get, like I said, to the YouTube channel, to the websites. Check out all the stuff that's going on. Uh, big welcome to uh, Mr. Alex Petrangelo. Uh, signing his contract with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I saw that he's uh, accepted Vegas as his home for at least the next seven years. So fantastic <laughs> yes. on that. We look forward to seeing all that. Uh, we can't wait to get into the uh, new lifeguard arena as well. That's going to be exciting. So all kinds of fun stuff going on. Um, thank you, Stephen, for uh, for jumping on. and glad to have you back after uh, the little hiatus last week, I guess we'll call it. Um, glad to have you back on, and we look forward to Chris Perry next week. Uh, also, a big thank you to our sponsor, our presenting partner, Maryville Hockey and Maryville University. So we'll say goodnight on that note uh, with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. And uh, we'll see you all next week on Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. <laughs>